If you are happy to be in God's presence today, put your hands together for Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Jesus is powerful more than them all. Jesus is powerful more than them all. Jesus is powerful more than them all. Jesus is powerful more than them Oh, I like that stanza that says Satan and his demons have been making their boast, telling me that they will destroy my life. That I simply tell them that ain't going to happen because Jesus is powerful more than them all. Satan is demons. Been making some boast, telling me that they will destroy my life. I simply tell them that ain't going to happen. Jesus is powerful more than them all. Jesus is powerful more than them all. You know something? Whenever fear comes into your heart. Remember that song. Satan, his demons been making some boast telling me that they will destroy my life. I simply tell them that ain't going to happen. That's not going to happen. Jesus is powerful more than them all. More than them all. More than them all, Jesus is powerful. More than them all, Job chapter 23. The book of Job can't remember when last we read from this place as a text, as a foundation text, a long, long time ago. Job 23, verse number 10. Praise ye the Lord, all God's people. Oh, praise ye the Lord, all ye saints. Praise ye the Lord, all God's people. Praise ye the Lord, all ye saints. The book of Job chapter 23, have you found it? Have you found it? Job 23, we read verse 10. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, I shall comfort as gold. But he knows the way that I take. When he has tried me, someone say, when he has tried me, I shall comfort as gold. First Peter chapter 1. First Peter. 
chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. 1 Peter 1, 6, 7. Have you found it? Number 6. Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, ye are in heaviness through manifold temptations, that the trial of your faith, that the trial of your faith, Job said, he is very confident that after this trial that God is causing him to go through, he will yet come forth as gold. He will come out a better person. Things were happening in his life and he said, God is trying me and I will pass this exam. That's what he said. When he has tried me, I will come out of it better as gold. Gold is better and finer when it has passed through the furnace, it is fire that purifies gold. So that guy, even though he was in deep trouble, talking about Job, he didn't quite understand what was going on anymore. Well, I think this is a kind of trial for me. But I will retain my, in, my integrity so that I don't fail in the midst of this test so I don't fail this examination. When he has tried me, I shall come forth as gold. And thousands of years after, Peter is saying the same thing. He said, as Christians, you still maintain your joy in the midst of difficulties because you are seeing something that is laid up for you. You are in heaviness, pain, stress, pressure, under pressure, through manifold temptations. So that the trying of your faith that's in verse 7. That it, now this, this, this message this morning will require you to be looking at the scriptures a lot. Because I want to see how I can teach you some things. I pray to be able to teach you rather than preaching. God said it took 30 years for him to prepare his son for a ministry of three and a half years. The ministry of Jesus Christ lasted for only three and a half years. He started ministry when he was 30, after John the Baptist baptized him in water, and he died at 33 and a half. Three and a half years. Every 13 in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, those great things, exploit, great teachings, great miracles, raising the dead, opening, cleansing the lepers. The last three and a half years of a man's life. What happened when he was nine years old? Nothing was said. When he was a teenager, nothing was. When he was 25, at the age of 29, if they had brought a sick person to Jesus to heal, the person would have died after Jesus has prayed. Because he wasn't baptized with the Holy Ghost until he was 30. 
Bible says in Acts 10 38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who now went about doing good. The going about doing good was only three and a half years. There was no good thing at 29, 28, 27. It was just like every regular Jewish boy growing up and learning carpentry and all that stuff. But when the Holy Ghost came inside of Jesus, came upon Jesus, he became a different Jesus. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. You must ask yourself, when did Jesus get anointed? 25 years? No, 30. So all those 30 years, just preparing. And in three and a half years, he shook the world. He didn't need a decade to do that. Just three and a half years. After that, he went to the cross. He said, I'm ready to go now. Finish my job. And he said to me, said to you, that you may be tested and trusted. That you may learn some things. For I, God, am a trainer. He said, I'm not only a teacher, I'm a trainer. I'm a disciplinarian. I train those that I use. I'm training you. The church of Jesus doesn't have another 29 years. So why was God training me for that length of time? I already knew the Bible some 29 years ago. What was God training me for? Because what is about to be done in the next few years remaining, it will take a man who nothing moves him. And he had to train me to train me to be rugged and also teach me some patience to cope with all manner of people and characters. So that anywhere I go preaching in the world, I can tell them that demonology is not in theory. And some of us suffered a lot. Even when you win a match, you take some blows. Even when you win the World Cup, you concede some goals. I saw a picture recently of a devastation on a massive scale that took place in the east when the Ogbunigwe bomb exploded on a long military convoy of the Nigerian army. The picture is stored in my phone. I looked at it. People died. In one fell swoop, 3,000 people died. All those vehicles and whatever the soldiers were coming, shh, bombed. One bomb. That some University of Nigeria Onsuka students, undergraduates, came together and formed some contraption and gave it to Ojuku and said, with this, you can destroy the Nigerian army. And they experimented it. Lots of Nigerian soldiers died. And it was that bomb that made Biafra to lose the war. As soon as Britain, that was secretly backing up Nigeria against Biafra, heard that an African country has manufactured a bomb, the whole world started discussing it. This was 1967-68. Some countries in Europe have not even manufactured a bomb. Do you, don't, do you know that Nigeria was already watching TV before Germany saw television? Germany. Awala was brought TV to Western Nigeria. Nigeria is the first country in Africa to see television, but it was black and white TV. TV just came out in the world from radio. TV came out. Some countries in Europe had not seen a television. Awala was brought it to Western Nigeria. You don't know that the Germany you are looking at, 
They heard an African country can now watch TV when they've not even seen it. That's why Awolowo was a man ahead of his time. If Awolowo had ruled this country, a man like Ojuku, Ojuku was ahead of his time. A man like Awolowo, these were men who were ahead of their time. But the demons holding Nigeria down said, no, we will never allow the best to rule them. We will allow the worst to rule them. All that the witches and the wizards, the occultic forces needed to do to keep Nigeria perpetually retrogressive is to make sure the best among them don't rise to leadership. But the, the worst among them. And Dele Omotunde was writing in Tell Magazine in 1996. He said something. He said Africa and Nigeria in particular he said, Africa's peculiar tragedy is that she has been led too many times by those who are ignorant of what leadership is all about. He said, that's Africa's peculiar tragedy. Africa has been led to rule too many times by people who don't even know what power should be used for. Let's leave that. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteronomy chapter 32. Deuteros nomos. That's the Hebrew. Nomos means law. Deuteros means second. Second law. That is Deuteronomy. Because everything in Deuteronomy, almost all of them have already been said in Exodus and Leviticus. So when you come to Deuteronomy, there is repetition. So they call it Deuteros nomos. Okay. Verse 9. Have you seen it? For the Lord's portion is his people. Jacob is the lot of his inheritance. He found him in a desert land and in the waste howling wilderness. He led him about. He instructed him. He kept him as the apple of his eye. As an eagle stared up her nest, fluttered over her young, spreaded abroad her wings, taketh them, bearded them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him, and there was no strange God with him. Verse 11 again. As an eagle stared up her nest, fluttered over her young, spreaded abroad her wings, taketh them, bearing them on her wings, so the Lord alone did lead him. And there was no strange God with him. It's just using him, denoting the whole nation of Israel. How God took Israel to himself. Delivered Israel from Egyptian bondage. Led them through the Red Sea. And took them through a very terrible wilderness. And wilderness has come to symbolize temptations, tests, and trials. That's why the songwriter said, this world has been a wilderness. This world has been a place of temptations, trials. This world is being a wilderness. I'm ready for deliverance. Yeah, Lord, I've never been this homesick before. 
Lord, I've never been this homesick before. I see the bright light shine. It's just about a home time. And I can see my father standing by the door. This world has been a wilderness. I'm ready for deliverance. Yeah, Lord, I've never been this whole sick before. Lord, I've never been this whole sick before. Let me see how much time I can save. I'll just read some things for you. Listen very carefully as I do this reading. The name Job in this message will be used to refer to the sufferings of a righteous person. The name Job will be used to denote the trials and the temptations that God sometimes allow a righteous man to face or encounter. If even in his walk with him. Just like the, the word wilderness is taken to now represent temptations. Job here is now taken to represent the trials, the afflictions that a righteous man faces. The Bible says many are the afflictions of the righteous. It didn't say the wicked. The righteous. The man who is living right. Still goes through a lot of troubles. Why? We will find out. That's what God said. Teach them. Why does a good person suffer also? Sometimes even suffer more than the wicked people. God specifically told me. That Job still happens. In fact the title of this message is. Job still happens. In other words, righteous people still suffer. That's just the meaning. So when you hear Job still happens, righteous people still suffer. Because that man, Job, was righteous. Is that correct? Now, to find out if Job truly still happens, Revelation chapter 12 will answer that. Turn there, Revelation chapter 12. Verse 10. If you are there, say yes. Revelation 12. Verse 10, and I read. And I heard a loud voice crying in heaven. Now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. For the accuser of our what? Brethren is cast down. Which accused them before our God day and night. Have you ever heard that Jesus is our advocate? Before the father. When the devil brings an accusation against you before God, Jesus rises up as your defense lawyer and tells God who is the judge 
Don't listen to this devil. Jesus tells God that person knows no sin. He already has become the righteousness of God in me. That's where Jesus talks. So whatever accusation the devil brings against you before God, Jesus argues brilliantly against it. And the case is chalked out. You are discharged and acquitted. Bible says there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. That's Romans chapter 8 verse 1. And then Romans 5 1 says therefore being justified by faith we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Therefore being justified meaning therefore being declared not guilty. Somebody say before God I am without blame. Say that. Say, I am blameless before God. Not because of the works of righteousness I have done. But because of my faith in Jesus Christ. Put your hands together for Jesus. The devil said to God, Why do you think Job is serving you? And you are bragging about Job. A man that fears you. A man that lives holy. A man that doesn't commit sin. A man that is perfect and blameless. It is because you have blessed him so much. But there were so many people around. That God has blessed. But they were disobeying God. So but the, the devil brought. He just wanted to bring an argument anyhow. And God says. So you think Job is serving me. And living holy for me. Because. I have made him rich. Okay, take away those riches from him. And you will see that he will still retain his integrity. And no sooner the devil get, got the permission than he went and stripped Job of every good thing he ever had. And Job said, naked. I, he said, the Lord give it, the Lord take it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Satan went back to God. He said, well, you know, a man can give anything just to save his life. So, you know, so he can still praise you because just let me touch his health or touch his life. God said, you can't take his life. But you can, if you like, pull sickness on him, but don't touch his life. And he went and put sickness on Job. Job was so sick that Job would cry night and day. There was a man, a woman that was staying in Mama's house at Asheshi. That woman was in pain at a point. She was biting her flesh. She was in so much pain that she was using her. F some people, if you see the pain some people go through, you won't know when they start biting themselves. She was eating, biting anything around her. And finally died. Job was so sick that the wife could not cope. Bible says from the sole of his feet to the crown of his head was sore boils. If he stood up, he's, he's, he's standing on boils. If he sit down, boils on his buttocks. If he lie down, boils all over. The guy was in trouble. He had already lost all his children in one day. Lost his business in one day. When his three friends 
heard what had befallen the calamity that had befallen Job. They came from their various cities and they said, let's fix a day to go and see our friend Job. Bible says when they went, you know, he was sitting there in his ranch. Bible says from far, when they saw Job, fear catch them. They could not get close. They could not recognize Job. They stayed where they were and they were like, is that Job? No, we don't, we don't believe that is Job. Whether they were even afraid that if they near him, they will catch the disease. So they were self in quarantined and they were where they were. Bible say, after seven days and seven nights in one place, they were just saying, is that Job? This man has become very ugly. Sickness has finished him. Let's not near him. They now decide to move close. And when they got close to him, they sat down. And they did not talk to him. For days, they were looking at him. They would, the friends were saying, is this our friend? Job was rolling on the floor, crying like, oh. Those guys, what that guy suffered? Do you know a man lost his seven, ten children, seven boys and three beautiful daughters. They died in one day. The, elder, the eldest brother was having a birthday party and the other children went there to celebrate with him. And an east, and a mighty wind came and beat upon the house like a hurricane. And the house collapsed and killed all the children. A man's ten children died in one day. And this man, the same day, maybe that thing happened in the afternoon. In the morning, news came and they said, cattle rustlers, the Serbians, the Serbians, they were cattle rustlers. They came and stole all his cattle and slaughtered the remaining ones that they could not carry. So they wrecked his business. The Bible said that man was the richest man in the Middle East. From the richest man, he became the poorest man. So why is crying? One servant came and said, oh God, oh God, he's not even listening. He's still crying, rolling on the ground because he has lost his business. As he managed to listen, he said, oh, your ten children are dead. Oh, they went for birthday in your first son's house. Oh God. Do you know that can lead to high blood pressure, hypertension, and kill the man? But God said, go and tell the church, Job still happens. So I'm using Job to denote every trial and temptation that you can face in this life. God said, it still happens. I remember 1998 or 1999. Over on Shoki side, we were trying to come to Antony. We got to Charlie Boy Stop. I will always remember. I was saying, God, what is happening to me? Homa, Toyota Homa bus, brand new. We lost three of them in five weeks. Each of those Homa buses now is 35 million. Then we will buy them five, five million. In the morning, in the night, one happened on Saturday night. I'm preparing to go to church the next morning at Alawadi. Then I was in Aja. 
I'm preaching Job still happens. Don't think, oh, that is a one-off thing. One man, he was a righteous man, but he suffered. He lost everything. He almost died. Mm, that will not happen to us. So, mm, you know, some people went to say, oh, it's because he didn't have faith. He doubted. They say, okay. God told me, he said they lied. God said they lied. They don't understand that particular scripture. Whenever something happens in a believer's life, especially if it is calamitous, you know what people say? There is sin in your life. Maybe there are secret sins. Maybe it's not even a holy man as we were thinking. The, with the way things are happening in his life these days, maybe now God they punish him because of the sin he has committed. Have you heard those kind of things? Sometimes, if they don't say it is sins that you have committed that is making you to be suffering, they, they, if they don't say it is sin, they will say, oh, he, he has no faith. He didn't have faith to speak a word of power that could stop that thing from happening to him. Yet, there are people that don't even have faith as much as he does. And those ones are not going through anything like he's going through. There are some unbelievers don't believe in Jesus, don't believe in God. They just got married nine months after they delivered a baby. And there are some believers born again filled with the Holy Ghost. Their name is in the book of life. For 12 years of marriage, they are still looking for a child. And you would think it's their sin. The Bible says, Job still happens. Tell anybody, about Job still happens. They came to Jesus. Master, tell us who did sin that this man was born blind. This young man has never seen from birth. He was born blind from his mother's womb. And there was a doctrine before Jesus came that any such thing is because the parents have committed sin. So if a child is born blind or blah, 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 crippled, is the sin of the parents. And so they told Jesus Christ, who committed sin? Is it the father or the mother? That this guy was born blind. Now he's, he's an adult, but he's still blind. Who committed sin? Is it him? Can you, can you imagine? They, they, they told Jesus, this man you are standing here that cannot see was born blind. And they are now saying Jesus, is he him or his parent? How, how can a child be born blind? Which sin did he commit in the womb? Meaning he had never seen since the day he came out of the womb. And they are saying whether it's him that committed sin. You see how stupid some theologians can, can be? That they commit sin inside womb? Think about that. But Jesus surprised them. Jesus said, no, neither this man nor his parents did sin. He said, but that the works of God might be made manifest. I have heard some preachers try to explain something there and they say the command that was placed in the wrong place is a lie. They want to say that's not what Jesus meant. Jesus meant what he said Jesus said what he meant. Now listen to me. What Jesus actually was saying is this. When he said, this man didn't commit sin, that he was born this way. His parents also didn't commit sin, that they gave birth to him like that. He said he was giving birth to. Job still happens. Due to no fault of yours, you can suffer some things. You know what the Bible says? He said, we are clay in the hands of God the potter. And you mix the clay, you cut some and make a saucer and a teacup. 
You cut some, you make a clay pot. Now, the clay has no right to say to the potter, why did you make me into a teacup? Why not make me the saucer? It is the, the, the potter that decides what vessel to make out of a mixed clay. You did not take permission from God. You did not tell God, make me a man, that you were born a boy and not a girl. If we were consulted by God, where do you want to be born? We will say, we all of us will say America. We just discovered that we were born here. And you can't even choose your parents. Some of you would have chosen Dangote. So there are some things, you know. Paul said, why are you proud? He said, what do you have that you did not receive? And if you simply received it as a manifestation of grace, then why have you allowed your success go into your head? Knowing fully well that whenever success goes into your head, when success turns your head, you will always face failure. Pride goeth before a fall. That's why the song the choir sang has a solo there. Satan has terribly blinded some folks filling them up with the pride of this life filling them up with the pride of this life some trust in money others in beauty Jesus is powerful more than them all some trust in money others put their trust in beauty I'm the most beautiful girl. Do you know some girls, as soon as in a day, five different guys tell them they are beautiful. From that day, they become proud and swollen-headed. I'm the most beautiful girl in our street. And they will not learn etiquette. They will not learn morality. They are now too beautiful. And they become saucy and, and heady, ill-mannered, arrogant, some of them can't even cook. And they are looking for a man to marry them and hire a cook. Some trust in money. Others in beauty. Jesus is powerful more than them all. Oh, I'm a very handsome man. And you laugh at the one you think you are handsome than. You did not choose the way your face looked. Or looks. You didn't choose. You just find that, oh, well, people say you are fine. You didn't do anything to be fine. So humble yourself. Oh, you have money. You are so rich. There are some people more hardworking than yourself. The difference is grace that is released. Oh, somebody said, don't talk about hardworking. That's old-fashioned now. You were talking about working smart. There are some people smarter than yourself. They have more business acumen than yourself. They are more intellectually cerebral than yourself. Still, they are having business vicissitudes. Ups and downs at the natural topography of the human life. Except the grace to stabilize shows up in your life. That natural, normal, natural vicissitude will tell on you. If it is by intelligence they make money, I would have been one of the richest Nigerians. Now, I am not proud, but I know that I am intelligent. 
Jesus Christ is not proud. He ever knew when he was alive that he was holy and righteous. He knew. And when Saul met Samuel the prophet the first time when he went looking for his father's lost sheep, when he met Samuel, he said, are you the prophet? Because they told me if I go up this way, prophet Samuel will just be coming from the high. You know, are you the one? They met at the junction. Are you the prophet? Samuel said, yes. No, not the prophet. Are you the seer? The seer, they easily say in those days. He said, yes, I'm the seer. He did say, I'm not the seer. I'm just a brother somewhere. You know, some people, they believe not to answer to their true calling is a show of humility. No, it's not pride to say, yes, I'm the seer. Because God calls you a seer. I'm looking for the bishop of Gospel Pavilion. Maybe I'm walking down here and I see somebody. Uh, I'm looking for the bishop. At, when we allowed the one guy came in and, uh, and he saw me outside and he came, he said, uh, he, he said, and it was me he was asking, you know, you know, he, he said, please, I'm looking for the, the, the bishop of the, or whether they said the pastor of this church. I said, it's me. He said, no, I mean the senior pastor. That's what he said. I said, I'm, I'm the senior pastor. He said, no, I mean the, the pastor of this church. I said, now nah, me. <laughs> then Ralph now came. Ralph said, that's our pastor. That's our senior pastor. He said, eh. okay, excuse me, Oga, Oga, sorry, sir. Uh, uh, can I see you, sir? He started calling me, sir, immediately. I was not sir before until he sees the senior pastor. Now, they would have been it would have been a show of humility for me to be saying, no, not only God be senior, not only God be general, but yeah, me, I'm just ordinary servant. I'm not the one. You, some people think that is humility. The office we use there, I pay rent there for my office. So, once in a while, we'll, hey, ah, now my landlord be there. I say, ah, my God, pastor, now, now, now God be landlord. You want to teach me humility? Now God be landlord. Is it God I'm paying rent to? Why, why are you collecting the rent? Why don't you tell me, go and give the money to God? Every year he will, he will, he will send me a text message. Uh, 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 Bishop, just a gentle reminder. End of the month, the rent will be due. But last month you were telling me you are not landlord. Now God be landlord. Now why don't you wait for God to send me the text? Or God will send me his account details. So people are trying to do what the Bible calls false humility. That's not humility. To answer to what you are really called. Amen? Jesus said, this man didn't sin, neither did the parents, but that the work of God should be made manifest. Let me give you an example. Have you seen a preacher? It's on the internet. No legs, no hands. All the limbs, they are not there. He was born that way. And they will invite you to come and preach in a packed out auditorium. And they will carry him and put him, they will put something like a table here, and this is the lectern, they will put him there and he'll be preaching. When he's done preaching, they will come and carry him. No legs, no hands. 
And people will listen to him and he will tell them that the joy of the Lord is his strength. He will tell them nothing will ever take him from Jesus. He will tell them that Jesus is the only way for a man to be saved. This man has no legs, no hands. People never believe that one. We ever see a woman to marry him. But he was telling people that God is good. And those who have hands and legs are saying God has failed me. On the day of judgment, God will raise up men like this to rebuke those who had uh, two hands and two legs and they said God has not helped them. God will raise up a man like this to rebuke that generation. <laughs> Neither his parents nor himself because you can't commit sin in the womb. Neither the parents nor himself did any sin but that the work that the glory of God may be revealed through his life. God, when that child was being formed in the womb, God said, I make all things beautiful. I make every human being to have two legs and two hands. That is a general principle. But God sometimes sacrifices principles for expediency on the altar of emergency. When there's an emergency, God sets aside principles. How do you wake up your children? Ah, wake up. It's time to go to school. Wake up. But assuming the house is on fire and everybody is running out. You hit him. Ah! The principle of talking nice will be thrown away. The expediency of a hard hitting so you can minister tough love. There's what they call tough love. You will minister tough love to your child. He will start out of sleep and then he will run out. Thinking mommy now hates me. See the way just beat me. When he realizes fire that mommy is saving him from, he will now understand the meaning of tough love. Sometimes love is gentle, sometimes love is tough. But minister love anyhow. Tell anybody, minister love anyhow. This guy was born blind and Jesus said he was born blind for one purpose that the glory of God may be revealed. And everybody said, okay, how will the glory of God be revealed with a blind man's eyes? He said, bring him. He laid his hands and opened that eyes. Now, when the eyes were opened, people gave glory to God and they believed more in the ministry of Jesus Christ. A guy by the name Moses simply told Akeze, I'm looking for a job, this, this, that. Didn't tell anybody. On Sunday, last Sunday, if you were here, Michael Berry heard the Lord say there's a guy called Moses in this place. This is his problem. He's frustrated because of the things he has been through. And the... Tell him to come out. Bishop will pray for him. And his need will be met. And Michael Berry said, who is Moses? I didn't know who Moses was. But Akeze is the person that knew Moses. And the Moses himself knew himself. And then he raised up his hand. Where is Moses? Are you here today? God bless you. Were you not shocked that day? Were you not shocked? And Moses came out. And while we were praying for Moses, Mike was hearing another. They also, this somebody was seeing. This is vision. You know, hearing and seeing is different. Mike said he saw an angel giving him a paper for an appointment. And it was announced to Moses. 
and it's going to come to pass. And when that happens, you know what we, do you know what we help Moses to believe it? Because he did not tell Mike his name. So if Moses would have doubted, I mean, this thing they are doing in this church, is he arranged? Did you tell Mike your name? Even me, the pastor, did I know there is a Moses in this auditorium? Those are the kind of things we see. One blessing was sent to this church by Blessing Inyang. Two friends, blessing, blessing. One was sick and about to go for a brain surgery. She used to fall down because of this epilepsy. And, and blessing, I said, if you see my pastor, don't just go to Lul for this surgery. You may die. Convince that blessing to see Bishop Chiu. And when that Thursday evening, the two blessings were walking down to my office, Mike Bere was not in my office. Mike Bere was at home and saw a vision of me in my office waiting for a lady. And Mike Bere saw two blessings, blessing Yang and one other blessing, walking to my office. When they got to that gate, now while they were walking, Mike was made by God to see a demon like a, a bread or like a frog, or like a bread with a, a long beak, perched on the shoulder of that blessing and buried the beak, very long beak, to the skull of the lady and was sucking the brain of the lady. And God was telling Mike, watch what I'm showing you. He said, this is the demon that sucks the brain of this girl that makes her to fall down and they say, now what I one. But the demon doesn't suck that brain every time. And when the demon stops sucking the brain, she will go normal like every other lady. She's beautiful. But when the lady chooses, when she's in the midst of people, put that beak again and start sucking. God said, Mike, this is the demon that follows this girl around wherever she goes. And that girl is not aware there's a demon perch on her shoulder. She carries everywhere. Demons are not like heavy load. You even if 2,000 demons are on your head, you won't feel the heaviness. And demons do not occupy space. Bible says a, a legion of demons was dwelling in one madman of Gadara. You, this small bottle Two million demons can stay inside. Because demons don't have physical bodies. They are disembodied spirits. That's why they are looking for human beings to possess. They are looking for a body with which to make expressions. They like to possess people because they don't have their own bodies. And when one demon enters you, that one will go out and go and bring more demons. We have seen a place where we can stay without paying house rent. Uh, that's, yes, when one demon enters a man, they are never content. They know there are millions of other demons floating and looking for somebody to possess. That's why there are too many possessed people in the world. Demons are frantically looking for a place to lay their heads. And human beings, they call human beings their house. Once they come into you, they start calling you their house. What an insult. Didn't God call us a house? He said you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. God calls you a temple. And that's not insulting. So demons also call you a temple of demons if they possess you. Whoever possesses you lay claim on you as their house. When the Holy Ghost possesses you, you have become a house of the Holy Ghost. I have become, my heart has become the tabernacle of witness. 
I am God's headquarters. I'm a packet of power. I carry the Holy Ghost. I'm a mobile temple of the Holy Ghost. Why I carry the Holy Ghost around? Others are carrying demons around. And then Michael Bere said, as soon as the guy got to that gate, he saw that bread jumped out and entered that bush. Mike saw it. He said, I could tell the, the bread was scared as the, as the demon was following the girl. As soon as they reached this gate, the demon knew that whenever people reach this gate, it's Pastor Theo they are going to meet. They don't like to see me. And so he jumped out. The girl was delivered at the gate before she went out my office. And me, I didn't know. Put your hands together for Jesus. And by the time the girl came, I prayed for her. I said, you are free. We prayed. Akujubi. Akujubi or Blessing. One was there. Akujubi. And then Mike now saw how the girl was delivered and how she got a job. And truly the girl got a job and now has gone to Abuja. Put your hands together for Jesus. Now, it was Mike that now called me on the phone after I have left that office, I have now reached home. And Mike called me that, Bishop, were you in Parafa today? I said, yes. He said, I saw you around 5 p.m. in your office. And, uh, and Mike mentioned the people that came into the office. How did Mike know? And Mike told me what the guy told me. But I didn't see any demon at the gate, but Mike saw it. And what I'm trying to say is this. We have not seen anything yet. What is going to happen in gospel pavilion? The ears that we hear it will tingle. Do you know what God said to me? He said to you, tell gospel pavilion. What happens in this church? Please, let me calm down and make this statement. God said, tell the church. God said, tell them the atrocities of the witches and wizards in gospel pavilion was what he God allowed. Yes. God said, I gave them that long time, long rope to do their worst. It was an argument between God and the devil. Job is serving you because you have prospered him. No, even if he's poor, he will still serve me. Oh, no, 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 you don't know human beings. God said, okay, let's try him. Go and strip him of everything he ever got. Now, when God was bragging on gospel pavilion, the devil said to, 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 to God, he said, you don't know Bishop Phil. Just let his church suffer stagnation. You think, you, God said, I know Bishop Theo. He will not go and join secret court. He will not go and look for Babalawo to come and give him charms to grow church. He will not go and enter secret court to see money to buy roofing sheet. He said, I'm telling you, look at that pastor. When church was difficult, he went to the occult. Look at Chidu Bemoku. That one, church was difficult. He went to Bar Beach and sleep with Mami Water so that church can grow. He, just, just give me the permission to, to frustrate Bishop Theo. It will not take him two years. He will go to the occult. And everything we tried to do in pavilion was not working. And we did not know it was simply because God was bragging on gospel pavilion. He was telling the devil there is one church in town who will never because of pressure bow his or her knee to bail. Put your hands together for Jesus. God's been bragging on you. Tell them about God's been bragging on you. And when God is bragging with your life, you are a lot of times messed up. God 
was bragging on Job. Flaunting Job's holiness to the devil. And the devil was an accuser. We say you don't know him. God said okay let's put him to trial. Ladies and gentlemen, Job still happens. It was that Charlie Boy bust up 2009. God said to me, said you, go and read the book of Job again. That is the story of your life and gospel pavilion. I was scared. I had already read that book before 2009. I knew that book is so horrible. The things that happened to that man there. God said, that's your lot and pavilion. But I was also in the midst of being scared, knowing that I also remember that the book ended on a good note, that that guy overcame eventually. Bible said God gave him double for his trouble. So I told Ralph, I smote Ralph on the, on the, on the tire while he was driving. I said, Ralph, we are coming out of this. And God gave me dreams upon dreams to encourage me that we are coming out. One day I saw a dream. I was entering Alawade from Kilo Hotel side. You know, you know, to enter Alawade there is Kilo Hotel. So I said, in the dream, I just dreamed that some Ada boys ganged up and was beating up one guy. In the dream I had the knowing that that guy was innocent of what they were beating him and clobbering him for. They took sticks, they were beating him, and, and people, and I was shocked that the people in that area of Alawade, it was at that junction where Redeemed Church finally came. When you enter, the first junction on your right, and then there's a Redeemed Church. It was there they were beating the guy. But I was shocked in the dream that nobody in Alawade who were watching from far could stop this guy from being mobbed like this. All of a sudden, when they saw that the guy had died, they dropped their sticks, and they walked, they were ruffians, they walked towards Kilo bus stop. Then I was, you know, I was walking, and, and I like, oh my God, they've killed this person. All of a sudden, the guy got back up, he had died, all of a sudden he was raised from the dead, he got back up, and then those era boys that beat him to death and they were almost close to Kilo Gate, they had walked away and they just decided to turn back and, and they saw the guy, the kid stood up and they were terrified and then the dream just ended. It was a dream. I was saying, Lord, what's the meaning of this dream? He said, Theo, I just painted a picture of your life for you. He said, that guy that was beaten to death is you and Gospel Pavilion. But there shall emerge a new gospel pavilion. Put your hands together for Jesus. He said, You, you have died. Business collapsed. Bank was threatening to arrest me with the FCC. People were bringing police. I some Saturdays, I will come to church preaching after I heard at 2 a.m. that my vehicle has somersaulted between Orani Jebode and Pakistan will go there in the morning and snap. There are some part of the road where the vehicle will, you know, those drivers, oh, and we did not have a driver that even had a dislocation. If you saw the vehicles, you would think the driver was dead. No passenger, it was newspaper, rims of Vanguard newspaper. The driver will come to office the next day. We say, what happened? He will not say the truth, but the senior driver will say, he tell me, say, now sleep catcher. Driver will be driving in the night, going to Onisha. 2 a.m., sleep go cross in eyes. And then enter portal, the vehicle, and then deep hole. Bush, we cover our vehicle. 
Akisi will go there in the morning and go inside the pit to go and use his head to carry reams of newspapers back climbing the hill with load in his head to the main road because Pakisi will go to Ojota Nugari and charter another bus and drove empty to where our own bus some assorted carrying Vanguard newspaper. When I saw picture of, of where Pakisi was coming from, you carry rims of paper and you be holding some sticks and some ropes and climbing up. Tears almost came out of my eyes. Tears. I saw my vehicle was mangled up. Brand new vehicles. They say one fell before Niger Bridge at Ojota. They say tire burst. And within five weeks, we lost three brand new Homer buses in five weeks. And I did not let Vanguard know we've lost our vehicles because they would take the contract from me and give it to Libra Motors. Because that one was my, our colleague also transporting for Vanguard, but that one has more vehicles. And Vanguard was already telling me, get more buses. We are giving you Wari route as well. We are giving you Ogoja. We were doing Ogoja until we couldn't service it. They gave it to another person. So I didn't want Vanguard to know I was losing my vehicles. I will go to another company, Uyimoto, and they will take 50,000. I will pay. We will drive the vehicle to Vanga premises and carry newspapers. So we were now making profit, making money for Uyi Motors. I was just trying to retain the contract, trying to see whether Oceanic Bank will finance more buses for me, just to retain the contract. We worked for months. We were no, no profit. We were not even breaking even. And that was when people started arresting me. They felt so long as we were still having the contract that I was making profit but was not declaring it. And that was when they, they got disappointed. They said, this pastor is lying. He's not sharing profit. We were making losses. Only God knew my integrity of heart. God said, you, you are going through your job experience. One day, your Goja man who became the circulation manager at a point, we were talking in his office one day. And I told him, he said, the vehicle that came last night, the driver says from Gopak Moto. You remember my company was Gopak. Gopak Auto Nigeria Limited. He said, because uh, Uji Moto entered our premises and we're expecting Gopak. I said, it's our, it's our vehicle and it's our company that sent him. He said, what happened? I said, we've we, we've lost a lot of buses. He said, what happened? I told him. The man said, the first bus, when was it lost? I said, that one happened after Saba. When? I told him. The other one. He said, so all those days you've been coming to this office. We will call for stakeholders meeting. You will attend. You never told the former transport owner Timothy Eto from Imo State that your vehicles were some assaulting every night. He said, I didn't want to make them think we cannot handle this job. They could have, they would think we don't have good drivers and but I knew what was going on in spiritual. It was later we found out that it was in the witch's coven. They were sending wind that will bring sleep in the night to our drivers. And sleep will catch them before they open their eyes. Motor down some assault. But it's amazing that not a scratch we touch the driver. They would have said we killed those drivers to use their blood for ritual to grow the company. God said to me, Seth, you, Pavilion was in a great warfare and didn't know it. He said, the people that declare war against Pavilion, they were sitting down watching you preach every night. The last one that happened, happened at 2 a.m. on Saturday. And now I came to allow this Sunday morning and I said, bring out your Bible, let's preach. I knew I just lost a vehicle of 5 million. 5 million, those vehicles are now 35 million for one. That was 2009, I'm telling you now. 
Now, how do you just lose another boss within few weeks? And you go to church few hours to preach. And I will preach without telling the church that I just lost a brand new vehicle. We will preach and I will still be jumping up. The happiest man in the world. I just lost a boss. And that was what God told the devil. He said, go ahead and touch Joe's business. Shake gospel pavilion. I tell you, this is one man that will not go to Bar Beach looking for Mami Water's power. Put your hands together for the Holy Ghost. Job still happens. Tell your neighbor, Job still happens. And if you are a Christian, you will pass through a job experience. But the job that may come into your life may be slimmer. The one that will come to you may be taller. But the job that happened to me was a big job. Still not as big as the job that happened to Job of the Bible. Because the Job of the Bible lost Ten children in one day, but I have not lost the two children that I have. So my own job was still smaller than the job of the book of Job. You married for ten years, no child. That one is a job of a kind. And but there are some people who are your age that have not even seen husband. You are married and can't you have any years without a child? And there are some ladies who were classmates of yours still saying, oh Lord, when will you give me a life partner? Everybody has his own job. Some job are fatter than other jobs. Only you will know how big your job is. But if you lose three brand new hammer buses in five weeks, that job was big somehow. If it becomes so bad that I had to be borrowing money to run a contract for which we were no longer going to even break even and then because of paying people's debt you could not pay your children's school fees and your children had to stay at home away from school that job was big and if I had to preach here for how many years with rain beating us on Sunday morning that job was big he said go and tell gospel pavilion job still happens and when job happens it is usually for the trial of people's faith. God said, Abraham, you are a man of faith. Let's see how good your, your, how big your faith is. Carry your son Isaac. Go and kill him for me. In anywhere there is faith, there must be trial. Let me tell you something. This faith we have naturally attracts trials. If there is a rotten fish anywhere, rotten fish, flies must gather there. This thing we call faith, it naturally attracts trials. Peter said, the trying of your faith. The trial of your faith. James also said, the trying of your faith. Walk at patience. He said, but let patience have her perfect work that you may be entire wanting nothing. And there's something Paul said. Paul said, we do not only you know, rejoice in the hope of the glory of God, we also glory in tribulation. Knowing that tribulation worketh patience. Patience work experience. Experience work hope. He said, and this kind of hope maketh not ashamed. Meaning this kind of hope does not disappoint. 
In other words, God is not only a very loving, caring God that is always pampering us. He sometimes trains us and disciplines us and subjects us to some difficult moments. Because there are things you learn in adversity that you don't ever learn in prosperity. When things are bad, there are some kind of wisdom you begin to have that you never had when things were rosy and fine and beautiful. For example, when you are broke, that's when you know your true friends. Bible say, wait, make it many friends. When you have money, too many people will come around you and say, my brother, my friend, me and all that. You just dare to be broke. You will look for those friends. You won't find them anymore. It is now you know your friends. Some of them, you call them on phone now. They don't pick your calls anymore. But they were the ones begging you for money before. Yet there are things you are learning now. I tell you, adversity sometimes teaches more. Than, in fact, you learn nothing in prosperity. You learn more in adversity. Put your hands together for Jesus. Whatever you are going through, listen, don't let somebody say you don't have faith or don't let somebody say there is sin in your life. You are going through your job. God takes you to Job to go through Job. He does not take you to Job to keep you in Job. He takes you to Job. Even though I walked through the valley of Job, I fear no evil for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Hear me folks, even if I walk through the valley of the shadow of death you can say even if I go through Job I don't die I shall come forth as God The time I'm going through my job is your time of enjoyment. When I come out of my job testifying that God has promoted me, that's when you are entering into your own job. I tell you, when some people are building more houses, others are selling houses to buy bread because they are broke. You never tell. Listen to me. Don't laugh at people. You may never know the season of their life. Every believer has a job season. Your season is not my season. Ask a neighbor, have you been to Job? Have you been to Job? Have you been to Job? My brother, have you been to Job? If you are already in Job, I got good news for you. You are coming out of Job in the name of Jesus. Let me hear talking in tongues in this house. I'm coming out of my job. You are coming out of your job. You are coming out of your job. Whatever job you found yourself in, you are not going to die in that job. You are coming out. Your miracle is in that job. You may be seated. You may be seated. Oh, have you been to Job? I have been to Job. We've been to Job. And we went through that Job. Listen, the Bible says, as soon as Jesus Christ came out of the waters of 
baptism. John the Baptist dipped him inside of water. Administer water baptism to Jesus. The Bible says when Jesus got up out of the waters, the heavens blasted open and the voice came from up there saying, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Bible says then was Jesus straightway led of the Holy Ghost into the wilderness to go and have a Job experience. You must go through the classroom of Job before you can get your degree. Everybody has a class of Job. Uh, they could say compulsory, not an elective course. You must go through Job and you must pass that exam that is in Job. There's a class of Job. You must go through that class. The Job of the Bible went through the class of Job. Bible said these things happened to them of the old covenant. He said as an example for us. Mm. Yes. First Corinthians 10, 13 says there has no temptation taken you but such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above your spiritual capacity to withstand and come out of it. He said that God will always make a way of an escape for you that you may be able to bear it. Ladies and gentlemen, if Job came out of Job, you will come out of Job. The wilderness is not a funny place. How come the spirit sometimes lead you into trouble? Do you know there were some people? Brother Agor, there are some people today. They married a wrong woman. Not because they were not sensitive. Some of them. These are, these are, there are things God said to you, you will preach it. The principle of God is that when you are led by the Holy Spirit, you don't fall into some things. That's the principle. But when that principle is set aside because God does everything after the counsel of his will, you find that no matter how spiritually sensitive you are, you still make a mistake. And now you begin to blame yourself. Maybe I didn't pray enough. Maybe I did not seek God's face enough before I took this step. You will not know that you are hastily judging yourself too harshly. You are hastily criticizing yourself. Not knowing it was God that allowed you to go into the mess. Knowing that a message will come out of that mess. When you finally come out of that mess triumphant, you go around the world telling people, no matter what you go through, God will see you through. You will tell people your story. There are times God leads you into a wilderness. And the wilderness is a place of temptation. And that was where he met the devil. If you are the son of God, turn this turn to bread. The wilderness, you know the things the Israelites went through in the wilderness. Temptations, temptations, temptations. Why, how come Jesus Christ was not led by the Holy Ghost into a five-star hotel? He was led into a wilderness. Now, God is trying to say, any man that I will use for ministry must go through the wilderness of temptation so that he can have experience. Tribulation work at patience. Patience work experience. Listen to me, ladies and gentlemen. We have read books on how demons operate. The hierarchies of demons. How to cast out devil. But I tell you, the practical laboratory we have gone through since September till now, when we started hearing what witches were doing in the night concerning this church, it is more than what you can see in that Bible. When the Bible said the children of Israel, they only knew the acts of God, but Moses knew the ways of God. 
All that many Christians know. Oh my God is good. It is the devil that kills and steals and destroys. God said, oh yes, when that God now turns his back on you momentarily, so you can go through your job, you begin to say, this cannot be God. It must be devil. You will not know his God that's allowing you. Wait a minute. When Jesus Christ was dying on the cross, all those soldiers and those who came around Mount Calvary and were watching Jesus die, bleeding profusely that hot afternoon. Jesus was going, his life was going at a point he cannot even move his body. Those who heard Jesus preach, those who saw the miracles he did, those who even participated in the eating of, of, uh, of, 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 uh, of five loaves and two fishes that fed thousands and twelve baskets were picked up as remnants. They were the ones that cried Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. That 24 hours later, they said crucify him. Some people that you help with your money, when you are broke, they are the first to criticize you. You don't know how to do business. It is saying everybody that everyone is supposed to they do business. If I tell you what I heard brethren said about me at Alagode when my business crashed, they did not know that was my job period. Their own job period is coming. Who first go through Job? Now be the fool. Ishama say, who never lived this life? Finish. Not they laugh at a blind man. You are laughing at a blind man. You don't know before you read Junction, one small boy, if he throws stone and knock, knock out one of your eyeballs, you are now blind also. Who never lived this life? Finish. Make him not laugh a blind eye. Because the next minute you could be blind. Charles Okira said to me, he said, I never believed with all the faith that I have that my wife Tina he said, many people on the crusade ground who are, who are looking for the fruit of the womb, I've prayed for them and nine months after they will deliver a baby. But I prayed and spoke in tongues. My wife could not take him. He said, my wife took him once and miscarried. After that, never took him. He said, but in the midst of this, I was praying for those trusting God for the fruit of the womb. But me, I didn't have. With all the anointing I have to pray for people, the anointing could not stop my bosses from being destroyed. The anointing could not stop police from messing me up. Because whenever you are going through your job, you are in your wilderness. At that time, it's like God has turned his back on you. And that was exactly what Jesus felt when he cried out, Eli, Eli, Lamat Shabbat. Many, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Do you know what Jesus cried out like that? He knew in himself there was so much power. Anytime he decreed a thing that nothing should happen to him, nothing happened. No weapon formed against you prospers. It was also true to Jesus Christ. Many times they wanted to kill him before his time. Those weapons did not prosper. But the day God turned his back, the weapons prospered. It was God who turned his back on Job that made the devil to go through and get Job. And he said to God, have you not built an hedge around Job so that no, none of us can touch him? Now what's the meaning of a hedge? That's not a barbed wire fence or perimeter fence. The hedge are the angelic host. The Bible says as the mountains are around about Jerusalem, so are the angels of God. So do they encamp around God's people. Now all God needed to do was, okay devil, you think Job served me because I've prospered him? 
Now we're going to do something. The angels that make it impossible for you to touch his business, I'm going to court martial them. And he said, oh ye angels, you are withdrawn from your duty. Don't forget it's Psalm 91. The Bible says God gave his angels charge concerning you. The word charge means command. There are angels that follow our day and night and God gave them a charge concerning your life. And God gave them a job description, a script concerning your life. And God is telling the angels, he closes late from work. Our company is not too good in the night. You must stay in Agogo's car. You must bring him back to Adelabu Street day and night. And the angels have done that for you for so many years of going to VI every day. But Agogo, no matter how you pray, you never can tell the day God overbrags on you and the devil accuses you to God and say, does Agogo serve you for nothing? You just take that job from him and see if Agogo will still be faithful. May you not go through that. Going through job, going through job is not because you don't have faith. It's not because you stole bank money. Those who have been fired before you, they went through Job. They were good members of staff. But when Job happens to them, or when they have been to their job, my God, let me stop right here. Oh, he said to me loud. He said, you preach it. I'm hearing God say, you just preach this thing. That job still happens. Because their message on faith. They blame everything that happens in your life. On your so called lack of faith. They don't even have faith like you do. Because if they really have faith. They must have patience. In Hebrews 6.12 the Bible says. Be ye followers of those. Who through faith and patience. Inherit the promise. When they did ministry for three years. And there was no financial breakthrough. They went to the court. Where is their patience? I tell you something. Before you boast you are a man of faith. Tell me how many years of waiting on the Lord. Patience. Patience is keboshka. Without patience, there is no faith. Without patience, there is no faith. Without patience, there is no faith. Oh, in Hebrews chapter 10, from verse 35. Oh, Paul said to the Hebrew brethren, he said, brethren, cast not away therefore your confidence which has such a great recompense of reward, for you have need of patience, that even after you have done the will of God, you might inherit the promise. He said, no matter how you serve God in holiness, some things don't happen to you immediately that God has promised you. You know how to fast. You know how to pray. You've been to all the night vigils. You need to live a sanctified life, but some things are still not going well in your life and you are beginning to say maybe it doesn't pay to serve God you don't need to talk like that you must pass the exam in the classroom of job and how do you pass it you will say even though he slay me even though my business collapses yet will I trust him you will say none of these things move me neither can't I my life dear unto myself I am a Christian I must pick up my cross and keep tracking after Jesus day and night day and night I am not going to give up I will never say God has failed me for my God has never failed me yet somebody said God has never failed me yet it is those it is the confession of your mouth God is waiting for I'm going to read something to you. Turn to Habakkuk. The book of Habakkuk is in the Old Testament. Kiko Habakkuk chapter 3. 
Holy Ghost, help us. Holy Ghost, please help us. Ah, the church is not talking about this anymore. Oh, they say all you need to do is name it, claim it, possess it. There are times you name and claim and possess and still possess nothing. You are going through your job. Going through your job. And it is when you go through your job, God knows the kind of stuff your faith is made of. Everybody must go through that class. Students in Unilag can go on strike because they don't want to, they don't want to write exams. They will roll out armored tanks at Unilag Gate, Akoka. Say, students, they don't want to write exam. Then they will close the school and let them go home so that they don't continue to destroy properties. They will stay at home for three weeks. After three weeks, they will come back to the same campus. The exam they didn't want to write is what they will start with. As they are entering school, the timetable is already out. Start, start at your exam. So why fighting for exams to be cancelled? Without exam, you can't graduate. You know what David said? David said, I, uh, David said, looking back, I am so glad that I was afflicted. Have you read that in your Bible? David said, looking back, I'm so glad that I went through those afflictions. Because the things I learned in those days of affliction, I could never have learned it. In, in chapter 42, you know what he said? He said, as their heart, as the deer pants after the water brooks, so pants my soul after thee, O God. Why they continually say after me, where is your God? He said, why people begin to laugh at me that can't God see his wahalas? And he's still calling on God. He said, but my soul, ultimate desire, my all-consuming passion is to dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. To behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. He said, but while I'm saying, God, I must follow you. It's a good thing to praise the Lord. It's a good thing to serve the Lord. I'm telling myself, my soul, God is good. He has done me well. Oh, my soul, rise up and praise the Lord. He said, my tears have been my food day and night. But they keep saying, where is his God? I hear the critics. I hear the names calling, but I am not distracted. I am not detracted. I am not derailed. I am focused. I know him whom I have believed and I am persuaded he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. What? It is the power of God unto salvation to whoever believes to the Jews first and also to the Greek because therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith as it is written the just shall live by faith. Put your hands together for the Holy Ghost. Put your hands together for the Holy Ghost. You know what God said? He said to you, your wilderness time is over. I took you to Job and I brought you out of Job. Bible said Jesus Christ was led of the spirit into the wilderness. Bible said and he returned in the power of the spirit. He went in the power of the spirit to face his own temptation. And he passed it. And then he returned in the power. He did not go there a holy ghost person. And came back canalized. He went in the spirit. He returned in the spirit. I went into my job. I came out of job. Still a righteous bishop. Theo. I, I will.
will never say God has failed me. I went to a police station. My children were knocked out of school. But in that time I will say God is still good. He has done me well. The rain beat me here every Sunday when the rain falls. But I kept announcing to the church. I am still the happiest man in the world. And each time I said that. God says. Devil. Didn't I tell you? Did you hear what he just said? And I want to say this now. God said to me, said Theo, there is no church of Jesus Christ that is founded on earth that devil will not send his agents there. The sons of God gathered and Satan came in among them. I'm going to read the book of Job chapter 1. If that church is truly what the name church, that is even the more reason it will attract witches. There is a treasure there. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hid in the field. And the rich man was traveling into a far country and then when he got there he saw a piece of land and somehow he found out that there is treasure like Niger Delta oil in that field. But the people who owned the land did not know there is that treasure hid in the field. And so the man went home Sold, Bible says he sold everything he ever got and brought the money and told the owner of that piece of land and enticed them with even more money that the land was, was worth. I mean, yeah, and bought it. Jesus said it was a parable. He said the reason the rich man sold all he ever got and came to buy that field is so he could have access to the treasure healed in the field that the sellers of the land were not aware of. Now, the Bible, Jesus Christ said this whole world is the land that the rich man bought. He said the rich man is Jesus Christ. When Jesus looked at the world, he saw the church, but the world did not see the church in the world. And Jesus drained his blood to purchase you and I. We were the treasure hid in the field of this world. And Jesus drained out his blood to buy the treasure hid in the field. The church is the treasure hid in this world. Put your hands together for Jesus. And there's a treasure in the place. And the witches are going there. What is their motive? Let's frustrate the pastor. All right. You know everything that lady did, did to discourage you and your husband to remain in this church. There was a time your husband said, mm, I'm even tired though because of this woman. I can't stop going to gospel pavilion. Shebi? Yes, sir. Do you know that? Is your husband in church? Ido? You know everything. We are not going to go into the story. You know everything that lady did to frustrate you out of this church. Vicky Okoliko or the other name, Juliet. They were in this church. As soon as they started coming to church, we were happy new people are coming to church. And Jessica will greet them, exchange pleasantries. Lady did just hated Jessica and said, Jessica, if I ever see you greet this lady, you won't be my friend again. Jessica is the asker. Now, what Lady D want is to look for a way. Any new member that comes to church, either he looks for a way to buy you a gift and use the gift to have access into your life and start doing witchcraft and destroying your life systematically, or he tries to make people who are close to you, making you comfortable in the new church, trying to make new friends, 
trying to dissuade them from going. He will do anything. Now, God said to me, he said, any church that is truly of Jesus Christ will even attract more witches to go there. And God said, Theo, if all the witches that enter Pavilion, if I allowed them to stay, this church would have been history. He said, there were so many I already sent away that you, Bishop Cho, is not aware of. Some witches came here. Mama Paul brought one woman that was working with her at MP. And the woman came to church one Sunday and never came up again. Mama Paul later came to me. He said, Bishop Chiu, you see that woman I brought to church? She told me she can never come to our church again. And I asked her in the office, what happened? He said, that church, the fire there is too much. He said, that day, that man was preaching. Oh my God, just they burned me. I can't go there again. Even if I look the pastor's face, now fire, I didn't see. Mama Paul said, now you know what you see. You be witch. You be witch. God said, there are witches that came here and could not even stay. The ones God allowed to stay, he knew what he was up to. There was a game plan between God and the devil. All God wanted to do was subject Bishop Thro to Job experience and get Pavilionite through Job experience. I want to kind of round off by saying this. A good church is never too far away. If you live in a Jangbadi and you have a good job that will pay you 1.5 million naira basic salary in Ikorodu, you will be coming from there. It is, it is only when it comes to church, they say it's too far. It's because you don't know how to esteem spiritual things more than financial material things. Those of you that are coming from Igondo, that woman is coming from Igondo. You think she's mad. She knows what she's looking for. And I'm, I'm going to tell you the truth. It is difficult to find a good church these days. But it is possible. There are good churches, but there are not that many. So you need time to search. Because a lot of pastors have become wizards. Forget about the suit and tie they are wearing, carrying big fat Bible. They dine with demons. Some come out from oh, eternity will prove me right. You either go to hell and spend eternity, you realize it's truth I was telling you all these years. Or you go to heaven and enjoy heavenly bliss and find out that what I told you has saved you. I have loved you so much and I've taken a lot of risk just to tell you the truth. You know what happened? Marvin was attending that church but some things started happening to them and they decided to pray. And Jesus gave Marvin a vision. Marvin said he saw a picture on the wall. Bishop Theo, he had not seen me for six, seven years. But he suddenly saw my picture, former pastor. And then the present church he was attending, he saw the picture on the wall in his house. He wasn't sleeping, he just saw a vision. And then Jesus appeared and told Marvin, don't follow this one. That's the church at Ajangbadi that they are going now because that one near them. They don't want to go to a pavilion that is far. We were in Suru later then, no? Now we are even farther now in Ikorodu. Jesus Christ said, he just touched my picture on the wall. He said, follow this man. He said, you are safe with this man. He said, go back to this church you left six years ago. The next thing, he told his wife what he just saw. Petra. Petra called Akujubi. And they started, somebody that could not come to Surulere from Ajagnadi started coming to Parafa from the same Ajagnadi, which is now a longer distance. 
He said we have to, they will wake up 5 a.m. to be able to reach here. Not wake up, they will enter road at 5 a.m. Until something happened, nature of business, the man relocated to Imo State. That's when they stopped coming to this church. For six years, I was not thinking about him anymore. But Jesus went to appear to him and showed him my picture. He said, follow this man. I wasn't thinking about them. Can I tell you something? Stand up. About nine years ago, about nine years ago, a girl I pastored in Ekboma in the 80s, late 80s, early 90s, I pastored one girl. That was in our undergraduate days. The girl is married. She has grown up children now. She goes to Christ Chapel. Your husband was going with her. Christ Chapel, Tunde Jordan. After some time, the husband just said, I'm not a good church again. You remember that man? All those Dubai market kind of churches, beware. Most time, God is not there. It's not by the crowd. It's not by the crowd. The wife was worried. Say, why did my husband suddenly stop going to our church? And one day, their daughter. God can use anybody. Their young daughter had a dream. And in the spirit, the, the girl was taking, she found herself in the auditorium, no service was going on. And then, an angel said, come, I will show you some things behind this church. So, let's say this is the altar. The back of the altar, the backdrop, the angel took the girl there and saw all kinds of ritual objects that were buried and blood I don't know whether they are human blood or whatever blood is there. And the girl came to her, say whether it was a vision or a dream, can't remember that. And the, the girl heard the voice before she opened her eyes. God said, this is Satan's church. Not my church. This is Satan's church. The girl heard it and opened her eyes. She screamed and said, mommy, mommy. See that this church. The girl follows the mom to Christ chapel. Mommy, mommy, I've been to daddy's church. See what I saw. Mommy, he was crying. Say, mommy, tell daddy to leave that church. So, when the girl told the father this dream, they started having some troubles. And the lady called me, said, I should come and help her talk to her husband. I drove from Ikorodu to Okay, so it's not up to nine years because I'm only in Kurudu for how many years now? So to Ogudu Road, GROA, there's one E3 there. That's where we did the meeting. I drove in there and waited for them. They came. I said, Sir, how old is your daughter that dreamed that your church is it's an occultic church? Can't remember the age. He mentioned it. I said, Do you believe her? I said, I don't really know, Pastor. You know, this my daughter. I don't know whether it's what my wife is uh, feeding her that she went to be dreaming of. I said, okay. I said, okay, this meeting will be cut short. Let's pray. I said, have you ever dreamt? Uh, he said, I'm not somebody that really dreams much, but you know, get human being, we know the dreams. Once in a while, I dream. 
I said, okay, if you have ever dreamt at all, which means there's a spiritual capacity in every human being to pick something from God. So we are going to pray. I had already bought meat pie and coke for all of us. We don't eat and finish. I say, let's hold our hands. On the table, no, no, I eat with day. You can't pray loud and disturb other people. So I pray very quietly. I could see the wife is very happy. Say, because of the prayer, we're going to pray. I said, sir, say after me. And I said, I said, Lord, please, I want to serve you. But I don't want to end up in a fake church. Please, search my heart that I really want to serve you. See, church, eh? Let me tell you the mistake people make. Eh, not be man of God that they serve on a church that they go. I'm not serving man of God. You are a fool. Pavilion is clean because Pastor Theo is clean. You don't even understand what the culture. You think you are here. Eh, it's not Pastor Theo I'm serving. No, I know you are not serving me, but you are serving God under me. You know what you're going to read? That you serve God under a man. Read Philippi- I will give you scriptures. Read Philippians chapter 2 and find Paul saying, Dickin Epaphroditus, whom the Philippian church took love offering, food stuff, and gave to go and give him, arrived from a long journey, no airplane in those days. It took, it, it took three weeks from one continent to another by ship, or even longer in those days. They didn't even have fast ship. Now, he said, by the time Epaphroditus arrived where I am, he had fallen sick and he almost died. So I prayed for him that a guy who has done me good should not come and die in my house. He said, so you are wondering, no phone call in those days. So you are wondering, he wrote a letter. That letter will take several weeks again to even reach there. By the time the letter reached there, the guy you told them was sick. He don't hear himself. So those days, things were, communication was very bad. He now wrote Philippian letter. Philippian letter was simply a thank you letter. Writing to the church at Philippi, to tell them, my God will supply your need because you have fed me. Because you remembered me. Ministering to my needs. It's a thank you letter. The whole Philippian letter is a letter of appreciation to a church that remember him. But it was not telling them, the guy who brought the food stuff almost died on arrival. So I delayed him. To, I prayed for him until he fully recovered. Now I have packaged him to come back to you alive and he's bearing the, my letter of appreciation. It's a guy Epaphroditus that carried the Philippian letter to the pastor of the church at Philippi. Now in chapter 2, he's telling them, he said, apart from this deacon Epaphroditus and Bishop Timothy, he said, I have no man like-minded who will naturally care for your state. He said, others seek their own and what they will eat and not the interest of Jesus Christ. He said, but for Timothy, you know him that has a son in the ministry. He has served God with me. You serve God with a man who is leading you. In this church, if tomorrow I go into a bonus society and you are not aware, I go and enter secret court, I tell you something will happen in this spiritual atmosphere in this gospel pavilion. And oh, you, you people will not be safe at all. You will not be safe spiritually. If I join a secret court and I will still be pretending, I will still come and still be preaching like this because I've already known the Bible. That's why people don't know men of God have the real because they already know the Bible. When they are studying or preaching from the Bible, they are not doing it devotionally. They are doing it professionally. They are not just preaching because that's where money comes from. They will still preach. And so you don't know, you follow him. The man 
few prayers of 30 seconds with meat pie still in our mouth. We prayed. But I was rushing to, to Suru Liri. And they went home. And I remember I told God, I told him to say, Lord, within seven days. Before seven days, the man was saying, you know, the quick dream. He dreamt. Hell, waiting himself, can't dream. He passed in daughter's home. He saw the nyama nyama. It was terrible what he saw. When he woke up, he shouted and said, Honey, hey, our daughter saw well. Oh, I am not going to that church again. I have never seen them again since then. They only called me to say, Bishop Chiu, that 30 minutes prayer we prayed over Coke and meat pie has worked. And my husband's eyes are now open. We are now going to Christ Chapel. Put your hands together for Jesus Christ. We have learned a lesson today that some things happen to a Christian not because he has committed sin. You must have what you call the summary of a message. If you don't remember everything the pastor said, you remember this point. Some things we suffer is not because we have committed sin. Some things is not even because we don't have faith to pray it out of our life. Some things happened because God sometimes might have removed the hedge and you are not there. What happened between God and the devil? Because he ever remains the accuser of our brethren who accused them before our God day and night.